Welcome to The Power of Data, the podcast by Dun & Bradstreet. Data is everywhere, and there is more created every second of every day. Join us to hear from leaders unlocking the value of data. Welcome to The Power of Data podcast. We're recording live today at the Women in Data conference in London. I'm joined by Simon Walker, who's managing partner of data consultancy firm Kubrick, who are partnering with Women in Data today. Thanks for joining us today, Simon. Thank you very much for having me. I wondered if we get started with you explaining a little bit more about how your consultancy works and the model, because it's a really interesting approach to sort of skills in the data industry. Yeah, we're a data consultancy with, with, as you said, somewhat of a unique model. Often we're described that we bridge the gap between academia and business. So we create our own data workforce. So we specialise in two areas, soon to be a third, data engineering, data governance, and then soon to be data transformation. And what we do is we hire what we call junior professionals. Commonality with a lot of these people is they've normally got very strong logical skills, good maths base, normally from academia, but also they're compelling communicators. And we then bring them into our data labs and we train them in the various data technologies and skills that they'll need to be able to hit the ground running on a, on a client site. Um, one of the big differences is with us is that after two years of someone being with Kubrick, we actually allow our clients to take on our staff if they want into their permanent workforce. And about 75% of our staff transfer onto client sites permanently. It's a really unique model. It's really interesting and a great way to look at it, actually. A great way to do things. So you talked about data governance there. Is that something with sort of the onset of GDPR and the increasing regulation in the industry that you're seeing more need for skills in that sort of area and the data stewardship type of side of things? Yeah, that's definitely been one driver. I'd say I kind of take it back a few steps. When we first set Kubrick up, one of the things that we noticed was basically, and it felt like nearly everyone said, don't do data engineering, do data science. And luckily we didn't we didn't take that step or the advice that we were given at the time. And, and basically what we found was a lot of people were saying hiring data scientists and their data wasn't in the right order or structure or environment to provide analysis on. Mm -hmm. So then you saw the rise of data engineers, which was great for Kubrick because um, that's what we were planning on. And what we've come to see in the last, I would say, 18 months in particular, not only do you have some regulatory drivers driving the need for data governance, but also actually what's happening is you've got large data engineering teams and data science teams producing data products, but often the old adage of garbage in, garbage out is really coming home to roost. So actually you're starting to see businesses that may have invested significant sums of money in their data projects, but actually the data quality or the actual governance of that data hasn't been set out in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So that's why we, we actually launched our data governance practice for that. There's definitely a maturing of the industry that's been driving that. Yeah. And in terms of the people that you attract and that you bring in to your schemes, how do you attract underrepresented groups? I know today is all about gender and women, but I think it's it's sort of wider than that in diversity in, in a wider sense. And what do you think businesses can do to sort of attract more people into sort of data careers? I'm an internal optimist on this, not just for purely moral and ethical reasons. Do you have to have a, a balanced team? But it's great with data because actually it's commercially the right thing to do. You have a homogenous data team. They will have an inherent bias, you know, whether you like it or not. So you've got to have diversity. It's great that there's such an obvious driver that you actually need a diverse team to have better value from your results. There's a number of things you can do. I think fundamentally, firstly, it has to be bought into from the top. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough that myself and my business partner 
we believe very strongly in this. And as I said, it's, it's not just for altruistic reasons, it's commercially the right thing to do. So it has to have that senior level buy-in. I think then that allows you to invest and focus on the right areas. So actually being able to have an employer brand that attracts other people that could sometimes might not have the confidence to apply to you. I know that, you know, if there's a great big shining um, skyscraper in the city, some people might not feel confident to apply to that business because they wouldn't see themselves there. So I think it's also looking at how does your employer brand represent the type of people that you want on board? And also, what does it do maybe also to scare some people away? I think the optimistic part that I said earlier is we've got fantastic technology around us that we're able to do some really, really clever things to identify people that may have fallen in the gap. So one of the projects that we're undertaking at the moment is looking at contextualizing someone's academic performance. So for example, if you would have someone that went through a really good schooling system, went to university and they got at certain grades, that's brilliant. But let's say someone went to a school that was in quite an impoverished area, the Ofsted rating wasn't great, that then allowed them to go to a certain university. On paper, that person might look like they've got lower results, but actually contextually, they could have actually performed better. So we're, we're in this fantastic moment where we were able to get this technology, this data analytics is able to open up people that we may have we may have missed out on. Yeah. It's definitely a tool that I'm really encouraged about and it's beginning to be used by some of our clients now. I love that. It's like using data to recruit into data yeah. roles. It's brilliant. Sort of related to that topic of technology. So we're seeing like in the data space, a real move towards more automation, the use of machine learning, AI, various different techniques. What's your experience of when you're dealing with your clients and, and the people that you're training in terms of is it a different skill set that's now required? I mean, people may say, you know, the robots are taking over. We're not going to need people anymore. How much is the, is the human element of the sort of data skill set still as relevant as ever? I'm probably fairly biased in this <laughs> answer, but put it like this. One of the areas when we get feedback from our clients, they always give us outstanding feedback on, on the technical skills of our consultants. The one thing that they always want us to invest in more is their softer skills, the human side. Because data, data projects and being able to understand what data can do is, is nothing without that human element to it. And I suppose the second part of your question, I, I totally understand the automation element of it, but I don't know where we are in that, in that kind of curve. So at the moment, you need more people to be able to do the automating. Yeah. And there's just this constant change in innovation, which then requires new skills. So as I said before, I'm, I'm quite an optimist on this. I think it's actually creating more jobs. It's just different. Yeah, and there is research out there. I've read some stuff and we've we've gone out with survey results that show that actually more jobs are being created with the emergence of AI and things because it is it's such an unknown Yeah, still. totally. Yeah. I know we haven't got much time with you because you're out busy on the floor at the conference talking to people, but I just wanted to ask, you know, what... In your view, having been part of the industry for several years now, what's the, the thing that most excites you about the evolution of sort of data science? And I was quite interested when you mentioned earlier about transformation, the data transformation element. Yeah, so data transformation, I've heard it being called a number of things by clients. I think one large uh, life sciences company that we deal with calls it data translators, maybe a somewhat more traditional data business analyst. But really what, what I see data transformation of is someone that's actually able to 
drive real change in an organization to be able to get the real value out of a data project. So my earlier example of you had all these data scientists trying to produce things, but the data wasn't in the right structural condition to be able to analyze. Data engineers came along, did that for them, but the data quality wasn't there. Uh, it hadn't been governed correctly. So then the rise of data governance. Now where we're at, at the maturity of data projects is a number of clients sent millions and millions on these, and they need to be able to land them and deliver them. And actually a data transformation is about someone understanding change management, project delivery, product management, but also having the data skills to be able to do that translation element of what one of our clients calls it, and being able to deliver these large-scale projects. And I think, actually, what I'm most excited about going forward is data literacy increasing. So I think as we see more and more people throughout the workplace understand what data is and become more data literate, I actually think the possibilities of what data can do will only increase. So I think it's it's about being able to equip your workforce with the skills that they need that will actually understand what data can do for them and, and equally what it can't, because I'm pretty sure that people might think it can do some amazing things and it might not be quite there yet. It's when we have when we have the UK as a more data literate nation, I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be quite interesting what we're able to do with data. Yeah, I love that the possibility of what data can do for us. The mind boggles really, doesn't yeah. it? And that's I think that's a great point to leave it on. And I just wanted to thank you again for your time. Yeah, thanks. That's you very really, much. really interesting. And we'll see you next time on the Power of Data podcast. Find out more about how Dun and Bradstreet can help your business be better. Contact us at marketinguk at dnb.com. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.